The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board with Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the pleased with how life can't be tamed and you're the fire and the cold of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who never leaves me wishing more. Josh, how are you doing this evening? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. I'm hot and sweaty, but otherwise, I'm good. Uh, we had a nice little four or five day break from the heat, but it's back. It is back, and in time <laughs> for Father's Day. So happy Father's Day, Josh. Thank you. I appreciate that. It was a lovely Father's Day. That is good. I, I saw you got some board games. Is that correct? I did. My son picked Fast and Furious board game for me because it's appropriate. it has a semi-truck on the front. He doesn't know anything about the game, but he knows there's a semi-truck. <laughs> there you He's go. He's been asking to play it all day. Uh, yeah. Did and my you not wife play got it? me ta- No, we did not play it. Okay. <laughs> and my wife got me tapestries, so I'm looking forward to playing those. Should that be fun. That is awesome. So since, you know, your wife and your son got you these games, does that hmm. mean you'll actually get to play them then? Uh, you know, I don't probably not, but uh, we did play Tang Garden over the weekend, which was nice. That looked. That game has some table presence. Goodness gracious! It has table presence. That might be it, but it definitely has okay, table presence. Okay, well there we go. <laughs> I guess that's better than nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll wait for me to cover that in games we've been playing at some point in the future. Yeah, uh, it really stinks about the weather there, though. That is all hot and stuff again. It uh, has it let up here. It has just been hot for. Well, I feel like weeks at this point. Yeah. And my house backs up to the to a soccer complex. So there's like a 12 or 14 field soccer complex that literally is my backyard. So when I oh. sit at like the deck or if I'm grilling or something and there's soccer matches going on, I can like watch soccer. It's pretty <laughs> cool, actually. It, it, my dogs don't love it, but I think it's pretty great. Uh, and this, this weekend, there was a soccer tournament. So all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all, you know, 12, 14, whatever it is, fields were being used. This is also the place where like the high schools and stuff play their soccer games. So there's yeah. like a field in the center that's like big with stands and his concessions and all that good stuff so it's kind of cool except when the lights are on and they forget to shut them off um <laughs> which is what happened only a couple times thank goodness but so on saturday it was like a hundred here and Whoa. just and like no wind and just sunny and pretty humid like it was just gross so saturday i felt really bad for all these soccer players running around you know no shade like game after game after game right trying to stay hydrated well, today, we haven't had rain in weeks at this point. Well, today, finally, that broke where we got some rain today. But it was all still like in the 90s, <laughs> and but just humid as heck. So I felt so bad for these players because it would, when it rained today, it wasn't like a steady just kind of raining constantly. It would absolutely downpour for 10 minutes. <laughs> and then the clouds would part and the sun would come out. So now these players are like wet 
but not like refreshing wet, right? right. Like, not like cooled off. Hot and wet. And now uh, <laughs> hot and steamy, and then the humidity was so thick today. Uh, those poor kids. It, I think it was a rough, rough weekend for a soccer tournament, that's for sure. That's so, thanks. None of them seem too thrilled to be playing. I will, I'll just put it that way. So, But I was like, soccer tournament on Father's Day, that seems kind of not awesome, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I mean, it sounds nice if it was cooler, but that seems right. too much. Yeah, it definitely did seem too much. So, But hey, and it's also really weird to me. This is one of the transitions I haven't been able to make since I moved to Iowa. Um, all the previous states I lived in, soccer was a fall thing. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right for you. Uh, and it is a spring sport that rolls into summer here. Hmm. And so I just cannot like get used to this change because i'm like why are they playing soccer right now this isn't soccer season but it is <laughs> soccer season um so obviously like you know there was always summer soccer wherever i live but like the high school season was always in fall but yeah. here the high school season is in spring so it's very weird that it's a spring into summer rather than a summer into fall and it just i can't wrap my head around it still even after all these years of living here it just seems weird to me hmm. but i guess that's what our developmental years do to us josh <laughs> all right so hey uh this song reference i don't know it you don't. That's okay. This is a, uh, not a very big band. I think we've actually talked about them on the podcast before, though. Um, whether it was this or when we did like our board with any everything, like when we did that iteration, I don't remember. But the uh, band is Diarmond Edison. Oh, okay. Uh, and they are only did a couple albums. They were never very, very big, but they're a band who I always really enjoyed uh, their music. It's a little more chill and more mellow. Uh, they made a big deal about the fact that like they used a lot of really old instruments and things in their um, in their production. So all of the things where um, you know, like the drummer, his drums, which are like the 1930s and things like that. So they always did um, a lot of yeah, fun, quirky things. Uh, members of the band though have gone on to be much more famous. Uh, Justin Vernon of Bon Iver um, was one of the founding members of the band. So they you know they got some pretty famous people in there in the end but yeah so if you want to check out some cool fun music uh diamond edison it's pretty great nice so josh we have a pretty fun show ahead of us uh do you think <laughs> we should just maybe get to that show i don't think that's a problem i think we could do that okay well thanks so much for joining <laughs> us this week everyone uh as always if you have any feedback questions or suggested topics hit us up at board with fiji on twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the instagram also board with fiji we're a proud part of play some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are thrilled with the support you have given us there thus far, and if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. With that being said, though, we do want to give a special shout out to uh, some of our Patreon producers who help make this show possible. Those include Michael Masick. Barry Cathcart, Edward Callow, Stephen Keller, Nick Creature, Rue Days 93, Ben Moxham, Robbie Manuel, Nick Fallhaber, Paul Calico, Grouchy Sergey, Devin Tyus, Josh Borboni, RJ Kern, Zachary Adams, Joseph Wilson, and of course, Horse Girl 69. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. All right, Josh. So we're going to have like two individual topics each and then one joint topic um, and one awesome listener question that is one of our topics, which is so f much fun. But with that, Josh, <laughs> what is your first topic this week? 
Uh, my first topic is something I noticed on Dicebreaker.com as I do per- peruse their website, and it is a TV reality TV turned into a tabletop RPG. It's called I Came Here to Win, and it's on Kickstarter right now. Uh, what I thought was interesting about this game is that that there isn't a um, specifically designated GM for the game. Uh, but essentially what you're doing is um, you're pitching or you're trying to recreate a season of a reality television show, um, which I don't... Maybe this has happened in the networks board game, but not quite on the RPG level, uh, where you can either pick some shows that exist or you can come up with your own show and yeah, you're going to compete to win the favor of the judges um, and the audience while playing out um, unscripted scenes. And uh, that being said, there's no GM in the game. Players take turns um, to temporarily represent the show's producer. Uh, you draw cards from four piles of playing cards divided into suits. Uh, where each card is drawn significant, signifies a segment or aspect of the current episode that a player's character must react and respond to from a surprise team challenge or celebrity guest judge to have to deal with a new editor or the chance uh, for contestants to shine in the spotlight um, and players roll to see which characters become the focus of the scene uh, basically rolling for initiative and uh, there's a whole bunch of different things uh, I guess the the people who made this um, put released a digital version last summer but now there's a physical version on Kickstarter right now it's uh, just a couple hundred bucks shy of its goal. Still 21 days to go. Uh, but it's for one to eight players. I thought it just seemed like kind of really unique and cool. Um, having this, I don't know. I'm not a big reality show guy per se. Right. I guess I, I guess I am, but not the type of show that you associate with reality show. Like I like, like we're watching Lego Masters now. I really like that. I, I used to love um, Survivor. I, I know it kind of changed um, in its future iterations. Um, but we've talked about like um, uh, the show you recommended to me, the Eco Challenge, mm-hmm. um, when Bear Grylls thing seemed like a reality show, but we found that it wasn't really uh, unscripted. <laughs> uh, things like that. So I thought it seemed pretty cool. It seemed like an interesting. Um, idea and i think if you want the physical version of the game it only it's only 17 bucks and it comes with a pdf as well um uh, so it's pretty easy to get into so if there's people out there trying to like pitch that rpg to groups this comes off as a little less fantasy and a little bit more real life uh does it interest you at all as a game or concept not really. If I'm not, if I'm not gonna, I don't want to lie. Uh, I think it's interesting that I know they have. This is available on itch.io or itch.io, depending on who you are and how you say it's yeah. how supposed to pronounce <laughs> it. It's already it's available there, and it's like a dollar fifty or something. It's pretty inexpensive um, to get it there if you want to. It's just very weird to me to see a Kickstarter campaign with no pictures, yeah, <laughs> no video. Um, there's no FAQ, no updates, and just one comment. 
there's basically nothing listed about this camp. Like this campaign is like six paragraphs or eight paragraphs is like the entire thing. Um, so yeah, it, I don't know. And I've read a little bit about the, uh, on the itch.io page, I read a little bit about, cause there's a couple screenshots there about how the game works and how you participate and stuff. And it, Maybe it would be different once you get the PDF and read through everything, but based off of what they're saying, like, I don't almost even know, like, why you would need this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess it does give a rough framework for what the rules are, but the rules are trying to be so flexible that you can do any of this reality television show type stuff. It it, it just doesn't seem like it's substantial enough, if that makes sense. Like, there's not enough... um, information or, or or guidance that's going to be given to you i think you'd have like it says like oh you don't need a gm but i'm like well how, i don't even really know how you play this <laughs> like how do you do this then you know like um so yeah i i think i just need more information i there is a way for you to like listen or watch them i think listen to them um playing uh which i i might do just because i'm really confused by what this is but the fact that they don't have a video in their kickstarter page or something that like explains this in depth about how it works uh, to me, it's a little worrisome. Like, I don't think they're out to like take people's money or anything like that. I'm not saying that. Yeah, I, I, it, it just makes me feel like this is like some people who got together. Like, well, let's just do a Kickstarter for it, and that's about all it is, you know. So, uh, I'm sure they put more work into it than that, but it it just doesn't give off the professionalism that you would typically see in Kickstarters that would make me want to back them. But what are you, what what about you? Are you going to jump in on this? I know you got your Pathfinder games. Like, are you going to swap to this instead? No, I'm not going to swap to this at all. Uh, I do think it's interesting. They do have a link where you can listen to them play a game. Mm -hmm. Um, So they do have, they do let you know, kind of a rough idea of how to play at least. Um, I just think it's cool to see this, like this is something that I don't think people would have ever thought of when they think of tabletop RPGs. It's definitely out of the um, what you would group t- uh, RPGs into. So I just thought it was a cool concept, um, maybe a better concept than in practice, perhaps. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it just came across as interesting to me. But yeah, I don't. I mean, one RPG is enough for me. <laughs> I can understand. And Gloomhaven. So one and a half. 1.5, yeah. yeah. So cool. Well, if you are interested, listener, you can go back it now. That's the thing you could do if you wanted to. That's true. So there are a lot of really unique tabletop RPGs out there, though. I, I think obviously most people go and assume fantasy. Uh, and there obviously are a ton of fantasy th- tabletop RPGs, but... There's a lot of other ones out there, too. So if you have a theme that you're thinking of, listener, there's hmm. a good chance that a tabletop RPG might exist for it already, <laughs> including Wendy's. I mean, come on. Wendy's right. has got one. <laughs> so cool. Anything else you want to say about coming here to win it, Josh? Nope. Okay. So last week, Josh, we talked a lot about E3 and all of our thoughts on it. But one thing did happen after our show and that was Nintendo held their annual E3 direct. We made some predictions about what was going to happen there and then, you know, they did their thing and we had talked about how, you know, Alana Pierce and others had said, "Hey, maybe you want to temper your expectations for this on uh, Nintendo Direct." Um so my first question for you Josh as we are going to talk a little bit cuz we don't talk all that much about Nintendo, but Right. 
uh did you watch the nintendo direct for e3 2021 i did watch it yes what were your thoughts on their direct well here's what i'll say uh, uh i had my thoughts then i thought for sure my thoughts would be shared um by the collective internet or our nintendo fans mm-hmm. and then i went on our discord and i gotta say I don't, never in my life have I felt so disconnected to the Nintendo fan base. I thought Mm -hmm. that showing was awful. Okay. And everyone in the Discord was like, Nintendo 1E3, best showing of all the things. And I just, I'm not trying to take that away from them. I just didn't feel that, not at all. And it was... One thing I liked in the entire 40-minute presentation, I thought some things went on way too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... Uh, I, I'm still flabbergasted. I, in- I intentionally did not comment in the Nintendo Shack Discord because I just... I didn't want to be the negative or naysayer, negative Nancy or whatever, but I just... I was just shocked at the amount of love that was pouring in Mm-hmm. for the content we got so i yeah. just i feel like i'm just I, I i still love nintendo i do um but i really feel like that i just have a huge um disconnect with the current player base and then i i pre-ordered mario golf and now i'm like should i even cancel this pre-order because like i don't even think that this game is be maybe even being made for me <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> who am i gonna be playing this with so I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel, I just feel so disconnected to the company that brought me into video games. I could see that. What was the, what was the one thing that you did like? Metroid, uh, Metroid Dread, and and that's not even like a big game because it's not the Metroid that everyone wants. It's just another Metroid. Uh, it's not like a. It doesn't feel like a AAA game. Like it just feels like a. It feels like when they did, um, shoot, they remade a game. Maybe not Contra, but oh, Bionic Commando. It feels like when they remade Bionic Commando, it has like that kind of look to it. Like that. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say generic art, but it has like a certain look to it. Um, like the the double the newer Double Dragon also looked like that. Double Dragon Four. Mm-hmm. Um, just has that look. Um, I well, I they didn't. Sh- okay, so I would say I'd be I'm excited about Mario and Rabbits, but they didn't show any gameplay really. They right. showed them like r- running around the map. I guess there was like a, a tad, a tidbit of gameplay, but not too much. And WarioWare is fun, but I don't, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm play by, by myself. Like <laughs> that's a, that's a fun party game for people. Uh, Mario Party Superstars is, is just. It's just four old maps from the N64, and they call it Superstars. Like, well, I yeah. don't. It's, it's I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm not. I don't want to come down on Nintendo, right? Because that's not what what uh, I I am here to do. But like, there was some stuff like they showed Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two, and it looks like the original Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two graphically. <laughs> like. What's going on here? <laughs> um, and then we did see a lot of games that we had seen in other presentations. They're bringing Strange Brigade, a five-year-old game, to the Switch, and 
acting like it's a brand new game. I don't know. Worms Rumble, which is a game that came up for free on PlayStation. I don't yeah. know. See, I I can't say these things without me hearing myself come across as uh, critical. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean to. I just, I just, I think it just plays into me feeling this disconnect with the Switch audience. I guess. Well, that's not necessarily a bad thing, right? That's why we have multiple game systems. That's why there are different companies doing different things, and and that's good. You know, I I would I thought overall the presentation was good that they had they did a nice job with the presentation, uh. But I like you, Josh. You know, I'm a kid. I'm someone who grew up as a kid playing Nintendo games, and just as the longer it goes, I, I am just getting more and more disconnected. Uh, I think from Nintendo, and that's not a bad thing. That's not Nintendo's fault. It's not my fault. Um. They're just going, you know, in, in directions that are not necessarily as much for me. And I think that's okay. But one thing I, I appreciated about this Direct was that it really, I think, if you are a Nintendo fan and if you are all in on Switch and you and that is like your primary system, like I think there are things for you uh, to be excited about here. And there's some really good games that you're going to be able to get. Now, you're right. Some of them, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, um, you know, yeah, Worms Rumble, like having Doom Eternal DLC on there, yeah. uh, Strange Gr- Brigade, you know, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, like, yeah, some older things potentially um, that are there. And you're right. Some of them, like I thought, I agree. I thought Tony Hawk's Pro Skater looked pretty rough. Yeah. Um, visually, just kind of the way it looked. But, you know, they still have experiences that you can only have on Nintendo, right? Yes. And I think that's kind of one of the things that's really, really cool about them that, you know, I've never I've never really, quote unquote, gotten WarioWare, but I know the people who love it, love it, right? Yeah. Like that is, there is a strong fan of WarioWare. Like they're still fully committed and fully supporting, um, <laughs> I don't know why I just totally blinked on Smash Brothers Day, but I did for a second there. But obviously, like they're still completely, you know, supporting Smash Brothers, and that's still something that's happening big time. Yeah, Metroid Dread, you know, the first 2D Metroid in a really, really long time. I thought that the initial reveal of that, I was like, what is this art style? But then when they showed the actual gameplay, I was like, oh, okay. Because I thought the original art with the, the original like vi- um video or whatever they were playing, I thought was a little awkward. I didn't really dig it, but when I saw the gameplay, I was like, oh, okay, this makes sense. And I, I think people are going to get behind this. You know, Mario Plus Rabbids, you know, the first game people love. They had Shin Megami Tensei Five, which, you know, I'm a big Persona fan, but, you know, not exactly the same thing, but basically the same thing with Shin Megami. You know, people love Advanced Wars, and that's coming back. But, again, not something that I was ever super into. Uh, it's nice to see that, like, Life is Strange, True Colors is coming uh, mm. day one for them. So that's pretty exciting. They get to play the Danganronpa series now, which is a pretty fun series to check out. Um, I was also considering getting Mario Golf, but this presentation didn't really sell me on Mario Golf. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to get it. I was considering it. We'll see there. But yeah, I, I do think that, you know, kind of like you, Josh, it, it definitely kind of cemented that my Switch is my third system. It is definitely the thing that I, I kind of go to at the very, very end. There are still some things that I do want to play on it. Like, I am considering and, and debating, obviously, Shin Megami Tensei Five just because of, of my, you know, how much I enjoy the Persona series. Um, I, yeah, you know, I uh, golf is still up in the air. I might still get the Mario Golf game because I think those games are really fun. Um, yeah. So those are a good time. Uh, and obviously, you know, Breath of the Wild 2, which is going to be their big hitter. Um, I think, was your prediction that was coming out this year? No, it was 2022. 2022, so you feel pretty good about that. What yeah. do you think about their comment that they don't want to release the title because it will 
reveal too much about the game. <laughs> I don't know. That's weird. Because if they release it, when they just tell us later, won't it just do the same thing? Unless, I don't know if Breath of the Wild still has DLC to come out. I know that they had DLC packages before. Yeah, I don't think so. so. Or unless they're going to release, maybe they'll release a, uh, an, another DLC before the sequel comes out that leads to the sequel or something. That would be the only right. way that makes sense for them to not release the title. Or they just yeah. want to wait on releasing the title. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I think if you are a Switch player, you still have a lot to look forward to this year. There's a lot of good games that you have coming, um, or likely games that you are excited about if you are a Switch person um, that are still coming this year, because uh, you still have Monster Hunter Stories 2, um, you know, amongst all those other things I've already mentioned that are coming. Um, and yeah, Mario Party Superstars, maybe not exactly what we would want, but hey, you can play it online. You know, there's there's some nice little perks that they're giving there and kind of making that a little bit more of an accessible game. So Yeah, and I guess the mini games are from all the all the Mario Party games. It's just right. not the boards. Yeah. So I yeah, I like I said, I think overall it was a good show. I, I think that if you are a Nintendo fan, they showed you a lot to be excited about. Um but similar to you, Josh, I think for me it just kind of helped to um further solidify kind of where I sit with Nintendo. But that doesn't mean I'm gonna stop like watching their stuff or, or following their stuff because I think of just about anyone, they're still the company that is going to be the most surprising. Yeah. And do the most weird, quirky things still. Like Xbox and PlayStation are kind of doing their own things at this point. But I think now we basically know what those companies are doing um, for the most part. So it's going to be, I think, harder for them to surprise us. Whereas Nintendo still does whatever Nintendo wants to do. Right. Um, and it's always, <laughs> and it can very possibly be quirky and exciting. Um, so they're still, you know, that wild card out there who it seems like they're right at the door of, of pulling me back in hardcore. So anything else you want to say about uh, their presentation? No, no, no. I think I'm probably being too hard on them, but but that's just that was just my takeaway. Hey, my, that's my okay, though. Take. Yeah, and that's okay, because you know what? You had things that from E3 that you were really excited about, you know, and if they didn't happen to be Nintendo things, that's okay. So true. All right. So, Josh, kind of transitioning from there, you know, we are recording this in the middle of June, which means at this point, Josh, we're hitting the halfway point yeah, of the year. Crazy. 2021 is basically half over. Um, and one thing we haven't really done yet is kind of take a look at the releases that we've had so far this year and kind of what we have coming up in the future. So I thought it might be too nice to do like a little recap of the first half of 2021. Sure. And then maybe talk a little bit about what we're looking forward to in the second half. So, Josh, just in general, when it comes to the world of video games, what are your thoughts on the first half of 2021? We'll go ahead and go through and I'll, I'll throw out some like big releases from each month here in just a sec. But hmm. what are your thoughts just kind of on the first half of the year? Pretty happy with it? How do you think, you know, COVID has influenced it? Kind of what are your thoughts on the first half of 2021 in video games? I feel like it's been a really strong year i think we kind of thought maybe i think we always think that the start of the year is going to be a little um void of games to play or or whatever but uh i think not like looking through all of the games that have come out since then i just feel like i've always had something to play uh or more than just something a few games to play which is you know i guess it's a good problem to have but we've definitely had um, some games spill over from last year into this year that we were still playing. And then uh, I feel like it's been pretty good. Yeah, I would agree. Overall, I think it's been a good first half of the year, 
even though you know I, I don't know that this is how any of the companies anticipated the first half of the year would look i don't know how yeah. many games we have gotten that we were quote unquote supposed to yet and i think we'll obviously see that more and more this fall but i think so far this year it's been a pretty good year all things considered um i think the only potential exception to that would be well we have some exceptions in general still to this point um i don't think either next gen console has made a really really amazing case for owning them yet now i will say you know obviously i don't have a next gen xbox for playstation when you look at the games that exist um that are either exclusive to or enhanced on ps5 i'm really glad i have my ps5 but if someone was like do i need to um fight the crowds and, and you know try to wait online when things become available and trying to get into those queues you know i don't know that i'm still i don't know that i'm at the point where like no you really should yeah are are you at that point or, or do you think people are okay in waiting at this point still um i mean i think it stinks that people have to wait yeah. um but we're in a situation where like i see donnie sharing pictures of assassin's creed valhalla on his series x and our discord and and i think i think that shows off to a degree what next gen uh can do and is capable of but obviously it's not made as a next gen game so we're we're really seeing that that jump in quality um on what upscaling essentially does um kind of like what we saw when um blu-ray and 4k discs first came out where you know everyone thought they were getting the next gen technology but it was just upscaled and then now we have like true 4k to a degree um um discs coming out so uh it stinks that if someone really wants to play Ratchet and Clank, they have to try to find a PS5. Yeah. Um, it stinks that if people want to play these um, Game Pass games that have come out on Xbox uh, on the next gen ones that are like at least using the Series X S, opti- S or X optimized, like they have to try to find an Xbox. Like that stinks. But well, I mean, at least. With those games, you can still play them with current gen, except for Ratchet and Clank. Is Ratchet and Clank on PS4? No, that's only PS5, right? So yeah, so there are at least there's at least one game that you can't do that, or two with Astro's Playroom and Returnal. And yeah, and Returnal and oh, Sack plays on PS4. Demon Souls. Okay, so uh, there are on PS5. So yeah, I mean, I guess they're the ones who are hurting the most, the Sony fans. Um, but I mean. It's like unprecedented times. Like we haven't had something like this happen before, where one manufacturing bit is holding up not just consoles but cars and all these other things too. So uh, yeah, I mean they can tough it out. We can tough it out. I say that having the consoles, but like yeah, <laughs> it's not the end of the world. It's just inconvenience. Yeah, it, it the extent of the processor short and the microchip short, like it's pretty ridiculous how far reaching that is uh my car that i drive currently is very old uh and for probably about the last year i've been like all right i don't know how much longer this car is going to last so i you know have been preparing for the eventuality of having to replace this vehicle and on friday when i was (laughs) was coming home from work um 
<laughs> I put my keys in the ignition and went to turn it, and like it would only turn like a quarter of the way. <laughs> like it wouldn't even turn all the whole way. Oh no! <laughs> and uh, so then I had to like fuck with it a while, and eventually it was able to get to start and stuff. I was like, oh man, like I'm gonna have to replace this car like sooner than later. And I'm thinking right now, like this is like the worst time to try to yeah. replace my car. Like it's just <laughs> such a bad time, and it's it's really old. It's not worth anything. Like I've driven this thing into the ground, and I was like, I was really hoping to make it to this winter, and I just don't know what's gonna happen. It's just really <laughs> disappointing because like, dang it, like we I live right by um, a car dealer. Like they're just a couple blocks from me, and their lot is like three quarters empty. There's like <laughs> nothing in it um, because they just can't get any vehicles. Oof. So it's it's ridiculous, but. Anyway, back on topic here. So, you know, Josh, when we look back at the year, I'm not going to go through every release, obviously. Um, but in January, a couple of maybe the highlights, if you would. Um, what about that was I think people were really excited about and people talked about for a day or two, but then no one really seemed to say anything was Scott Pilgrim versus the World, the game hmm. complete edition. Now, yep. this is a much loved game that when Ubisoft announced that it was coming back, people seemed pretty stoked. But I don't know that I know anyone who actually played it. Oh, you know people who played it. Not maybe. Well, I've played the game at, at some point, but there, I think the reason why there was so much buzz about this was because it was a physical release, and right. this is the game that disappeared. Yeah, and but I'm people about, were mad. Have you played this version? Of I haven't it, played though? this version. No, right, no. that's what I'm saying. I don't yeah. know anyone who has actually like got the complete edition that I, I think, can think of. I really think so, I think some people in our Discord got it. Maybe I'm just saying it seemed to go away very quickly. Yeah, yeah. So, but other big releases from January include Hitman Three. Mm-hmm. Um, is one big one that's out there. Another one would be, of course, obviously Madden NFL Twenty One coming to Stadia. <laughs> yeah, what a big release! <laughs> but I think the other big one then was the Medium that Xbox mm-hmm. Series XS exclusive that was also on PC and now is coming to PlayStation Five here um, in a few months. I think in September it's coming to PS Five. But really, Hitman 3 and kind of um, the medium or the big two, I know you've played both of those games, yes? Yes, correct. How do you, where do you think those will be sitting kind of end of the year favorites list? Do you think either of those have a Ooh. shot? Uh, Hitman probably has a shot. Uh, I, I enjoyed the medium, but there's a lot of other games that came out after that, I think I feel, that kind of <laughs> bumped that down. Yeah, no, I hear you there, and I I agree. Like I played a little bit of Hitman Three, not as much as I wanted to. Still need to go back and play more of it. Excuse me, haven't played the medium yet. Obviously, I have access to it. I just haven't played it on PC yet. But I, I might still. We'll see. I'm definitely not going to buy it on PlayStation Five, but right. Well, we'll, we'll see. Uh, then we moved over to February, and February was an interesting month because uh, one of the biggest releases was uh, the upgraded version of Control and all of the controversy surrounding it. Yes. Did you go back and play Control when it came back out to, with the upgrades for the next gen? No. Do you have any desire to? You know, it was our yeah, game of the year. I do have desire to do that. Uh, I just don't know when that will happen. But yeah, um, I would like to see how it looks and plays. And 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 uh, my big problem is my loss of all my save data of all my games. Yeah, uh, and that that doesn't just that doesn't just stay with control. That's control. That's Avengers. That's what's the game I just reinstalled recently because it had an upgrade on PlayStation. God of War. God of War. I lost all my save data for that. It wasn't that though. Uh, I just installed it like last week. Oh well, it can't be that important. No, <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, that that's my oh uh, Final Fantasy Seven. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's gonna be a lot of more time I have to put back into that game. <laughs> 
Oh, yeah, I suppose. Uh, yeah. So I'm really just still suffering from the um, transfer data loss, from <laughs> the loss of my PS4. <laughs> <laughs> right. Gotcha. So other kind of big games that came out then, uh, you know, the big, huge hitter, Destruction All-Stars. Oh, yeah. Everyone's <laughs> talking out. about that still. <laughs> Everyone's still talking about that. But um, Super Mario World, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowers, Bowser's Fury came mm-hmm. out. Uh, Persona 5 Strikers, which I know we have some people in our Discord who played a lot and were enjoying. Um, I think, I mean, if you're into it, Bravely Default 2 on Switch was obviously mm-hmm. a big release for Switch as well. Anything else there that you played that you're interested in? Anything from February that you want to talk more about? I think you hit them all. I did. Uh, I mean, the Sinking City is on there. I did get that. I still haven't played it though, but it's it's a game that I really want to put some time into. So that's still on my list to get to. Understandable. Then we jumped into March, and March was an interesting month because there were very few big releases that were new but a lot of upgrades or i should say some upgrades to pre-existing games for next gen kind of seemed to be the theme Mm -hmm. of the month if you would so there were upgrades to things like crash bandicoot 4 and probably some other things that i'm not thinking about um but i i think a couple of the oh i think 20 hawks pro skater one and two got their upgrade um disco elysium like came out for ps5 finally um and or came to console for the first time for ps4 and ps5 um but you know as far as like the big releases a month though uh there was one that was a huge flop i feel like and that was balan wonder world yeah but i still want to call it wonderland because of the initial reveal for it <laughs> um which it seems like generally no one liked uh, but then maybe what surprised a lot of people was It Takes Two. Yes. Thoughts on the month of March? I think a game that I missed that is, seems to be pretty beloved is Loop Hero that came out on PC oh, yes, yes. from Devolver Digital. That, that sounds like a fun game. Um, I got Crash Bandicoot 4 on PS5 because it was upgraded, and I had fun with what I played. Um, so I still plan on revisiting that. Um, but yeah, I think I agree. Uh, uh, it takes two. It probably takes it for that month at least. Yeah, Adventures were up, was updated that month as well. That was yeah, the Avengers other one well, that came yeah. out. So yeah, so there we go there. And then April came, and oh goodness gracious, did we start having some games? I guess kind of. Um, Outriders came out. That was the big one. Obviously, came to Game Pass on day one, which was there was a big hubbub about that. Um, so that was kind of one game. That was a game you played quite a bit of and enjoyed. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I still love Outriders. I just need to play with people. Um, it's more fun with people. It is more fun with people. I would agree. Uh, another big one there was MLB The Show 21, which, again, came to Xbox for the first time. Also mm. was on Game Pass, so that kind of made a bit was a big deal for people. Um, so that coming out was pretty exciting and always a big seller. Uh, Near Replicant version, one big number that I'm not going to read, uh, <laughs> is, is something that people... Uh, who lo- like that game really seem to have enjoyed it. It reviewed really well. People seem to like Near Replicant. Did you play? Have you played any of the Near games? Did you play Automata or anything? I played uh, Near Replicant, right? The last one that came out. The one that came out just in April? The one that came out last year on Xbox? That was been Automata. Automata, that's the one yep. I played. Gotcha. Did you like it? I actually had a lot of fun with what I played. Yeah. yeah. I think Near is great. Um, I want to play Replicant eventually. Just I knew I wasn't going to get to it right away, so I'm just going to probably wait till it goes on sale. Uh, but then kind of the big games at the end of the month was new Pokemon Snap, mm. which 
people seem to talk about it a lot for like a week. Yeah, no, maybe I'm still playing still, it. Yeah, maybe people are still playing it. And again, I know I, I'm not as plugged into the Nintendo ecosystem. Um, and then Returnal, that PlayStation 5 exclusive from Housemark, which, uh, you know, people have pretty strong feelings about. So hmm. what are your thoughts on the month of April, Josh? Um, I think it's a solid month. You le- I can't believe you left out Oddworld Soulstorm. Uh, but I mean, that's that's on you, not me. You really uh, can't believe I left that out? <laughs> I said big games. Uh, yeah, it's huge. It came out on PS Plus as a huge PS5 release. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I still have MLB The Show downloaded uh, on my Xbox. I do fully intend to play it. I just haven't gotten around to it as well because <laughs> there's just so many games. Um, 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 yeah, I mean, Returnal is definitely the stand-up for that month, for sure, without Riders being second for me. But yeah, mm-hmm. another solid month. Yeah, it was another solid month. A, a good couple games in there that could uh, people could get into. And then that followed up with May, uh, and May came out swinging pretty hard as well with Resident Evil Village, uh, Hood Outlaws and Legends, which I know I haven't heard a lot of people talking about, but people who are talking about it seem to be enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, Mass Effect Legendary Edition, which obviously has you know a lot of people really engaged in going back to Mass Effect. Um, Subnautica with the Below Zero expansion, which people seem to be enjoying as well. Uh, the, you know, kind of silent hit or like the game that caught a lot of people by surprise in Knockout City, uh, which oh, I yeah. think, you know, looked, uh, didn't maybe present itself very well when we initially saw it. But because of all the free trials and how you can play it for free up to level 25 now and all these other things, people really seem to be liking that one. And, you know, Biomutant, a game that had uh, some mixed feelings about it but you know it was was a big swing for a really small developer um and you know has some ups and has some downs but definitely was a swing that's for sure uh so what were your thoughts on may there josh uh may another yeah i mean another solid month i loved i loved resident evil village uh i i don't know what to think about hood outlaws and legends i watched some gameplay of it i'm just i can't nail down what type of game that is uh but it looks interesting to say the least um yeah, and uh, the Assassin's Creed Valhalla DLC came out, which I keep hearing incredible things about. Um, I still have to put way more time into Mass Effect Legendary Edition, but I'm pretty satisfied with what I've got so far. Um, yeah, and what was I going to say? Oh, by, I mean, by I mean, I still enjoyed it. It's just another game I had to put down to play other games. Yeah. So um, I'll get back to it because I enjoyed it, and it sounds like all the patches they put out since I put it down, have improved the game greatly, which I'll be interested to see how and by how much. Yeah, no, I agree there for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was, I mean, May was a good month. There was a lot, it was a really uh, heavy at the beginning type of month, and it really was trying to balance, like, what can I get done before other things come out that I want to play? Uh, but overall, really for, you know, how weird game development must be during COVID, you know, I think May was, and I was like, gosh, we, we really haven't had an okay year like i think maybe if we didn't have a covid world we might not be as satisfied with how this year has gone but considering everything that has gone on i think we've had some really good uh, experiences available to us so far and and that rolls us into june where we are right now uh and june you know started off maybe a bit more quiet for the first 10 or so days uh but then we got final fantasy 7 remake integrad got the upgrade for that there ratchet and clank rift apart so the first you know another big ps5 only exclusive um among us will be coming out to xbox here or just did one of the two 
Um, <laughs> and then, you know, kind of here at the end of the month, we'll have Mario Golf Super Rush, which we just talked about, and then Scarlet Nexus, a game that people seem to be pretty high on um, coming into it. And then another game that, uh, if you're super in the PlayStation ecosystem, has been pushed a lot, uh, but nobody's really talking about, but it has reviewed exceptionally well, and that is Chicory. A colorful tale that game uh people are saying it's like game of the year contender um that like no one's really talking about so you know actually it's kind of bad news if you're a playstation person because like you had chicory final fantasy 7 uh ratchet and clank and guilty gear strive all released within like two days of each other <laughs> like i don't know what they were <laughs> thinking with those release dates but anyway josh uh you know what are your thoughts on june um and the games so far uh yeah another solid month i'm looking at the, whatever this chicory game is and uh, i don't know it doesn't scream uh game of the year i know like i think i think looks gonna be deceiving well, let's put it that way yeah okay interesting it looks like a warrior game uh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah just another another solid month uh so far and I believe we still have Dark Alliance coming out, which I'm excited to play, which is included with Game Pass, um, which is like a throwback kind of sort of to the old um, D&D uh, dungeon crawlers with a more of a third person take than the top down. And uh, I mean, Doki Doki Literature Club Plus is coming out, Kyle. <laughs> it is. It is. People do love that Doki Doki. They do. So what are you going to do there? But. All right, Josh. So that was kind of a look back overall. Been a pretty solid year. Anything else that we talked about? Because I only asked you this in the first month. Yeah. Any other games you've played so far that have come out that you think will likely be potentially in contention for your favorites of the year list? Oh, I don't know. I haven't really been thinking too much about. <sighs> Sorry for that big yawn in the middle. Uh, what I've been playing. <sighs> No, I think we covered most of everything I've been playing. So I think um, I have some front runners for like games top top five of, uh, games of the year. But I don't know that I have a definitive number one necessarily. I mean, I definitely have one that's sitting at number one. But what are some, what are some of those front runners that you're kind of considering or think will be there in the mix at the end of the year? I mean, we like Returnal, obviously Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Um, um, Resident Evil Village, kind of like the generic games that everyone knows that people have been playing. I don't have any mm-hmm. surprise right. um, picks. Uh, although I've, I've been trying to put more time into Disco Elysium, and since it's now with a director's cut or final cut or whatever it's called, I guess I could consider that a game for this year. <laughs> you could. Yeah, you could do that, I suppose. Um, yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think all of the games that are kind of my front runners are probably all of the quote unquote big games. That's mostly what I've played this year. Yeah. Um, I haven't dug into too many indies or anything like that, which is something I do want to do more. Um, I just really haven't had the time. I haven't played in my my gaming time compared to last year is significantly less at this point. Yeah, I've played way less games this year um, than I ha- did a year ago at this point. So we'll kind of have to wait, you know, and see where this all ends up at. But with that being said, Josh, moving forward. Obviously, you talked a little bit about how you're looking forward to Dark Alliance. Hmm. Um, other games coming out in June still that you're looking forward to? No, I think that was the last one for June um, okay. as Dark Alliance. Yeah, I think for me, like I said, Mario Golf, I, I'm still and on the fence about. Uh, but Scarlet Nexus, uh, I, I might pull the trigger on this game. I 
had been considering it for a long time. I know I have like people, some people in our Discord are really all about it, and I have kind of been like a silent um, person just checking out all the stuff for yeah. it since it was announced because it looks pretty cool. Um, and I like a good action RPG, so uh, I haven't decided yet. It comes out like the twenty fifth, so it comes out 25th, right around the corner yeah. here. Um, I might wait for reviews to decide, but I am, and it also might. De- Depend on whether or not I finish Ratchet and Clank before then. Right. That's so funny, we'll have to wait because I wanted to play that. So I downloaded the Scarlet Nexus demo and the Sable demo. Yeah. Because I heard Sable was a beautiful game too. Um, and Tunic. I played the Tunic demo. I still love that game. I think it's really cool. It's like Zelda Link to the Past, which is great. Um, but both Scarlet Nexus and the Sable demo, they would launch, but I couldn't press, it wouldn't register any button presses on my controller. Oh, so cool. I uninstalled both of them and reinstalled them, and they still didn't work. So I wasn't able to even play them, which is very bizarre because like I would just load up another game, and the buttons would work fine. That is weird. So I don't know what was going on with that, but uh, yeah, I didn't get the try on. But I thought I would give Scarlet Nexus a chance because they released a demo. But they did. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to try it. Well, that's unfortunate. All right. Well, let's kind of move forward here then. Um... You know, looking at the games of July, there's a, a nice little list there for you, Josh. Uh, anything in July that is sticking out to you or are you thinking you might want to play? Sorry, I got distracted. No, it's okay. By a crying child, but my wife got him. Uh, I mean, I'm excited that A Plague Tale is getting the next-gen treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so I might jump back in because I already thought that game looked incredible. Mm-hmm. So I, I might like to see what it looks like. Maybe finish it because I didn't finish it. Oh, Josh, um, how could I know. you not finish that? I know, it's crazy. Um, I'm hoping, uh, knock on wood, there's because obviously it's, you know, they made a big deal about how it's coming to Game Pass and it's going to be upgraded, you know, on Xbox. There's a big rumor that that's going to be the PS5 uh, PS Plus game. Oh, nice. That so would be cool. I would, because I would love to replay for that and potentially go for the plaque because I did play it on Xbox. So nice. Uh, and the Ascent on Xbox. I think that looks really cool and I've, I keep hearing great things about it. So that would be from July for me. Yeah, I agree. The Ascent does look really cool. Uh, that's a game, obviously, that Xbox has shown off a number of times, and it looks really, really nice. And obviously, with Game Pass, really easy to you know just jump in there and give it a shot. And even if it's not for you, no big deal. Uh, the other game, though, that has gotten um, a lot of um, buzz, I guess, potentially would be the way to put it, um, would be The Last Stop. Mm, um, yep. So, you know, anything that is published by Annapurna, uh, I'm at least going to look at because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they yeah. just they really do a good job of picking uh, interesting games. Um, so for me, that's kind of the other big one. Obviously, like F1 and some other big games are, are kind of there and available for people. But yeah, Last Stop, The Ascent, um, and A Plague Tale are definitely kind of in July the ones that I'm most interested in. Uh, what about August, Josh? I mean, we got that Godfall coming to PS4. That's pretty exciting, right? <laughs> Yeah, it makes me want to play, finish playing it on PS5. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that Hades is coming to um, PlayStation and Xbox. And uh, probably, well, I'm I'm interested to try Psychonauts 2, having not played Psychonauts. Um, Kina, obviously, for just spirits, looks incredible. I'm excited to play that. And I kind of want to dig more into New Worlds and see what that's all about. I didn't really watch any of the presentation for E3. That's that Amazon RPG. Oh, is it RPG? Yeah. It's an MMO, yeah. That's an MMO, yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it. that's it for August for me. Uh, are you going to play Madden this year? No, just like okay. every year. <laughs> <laughs> just like every year. Just didn't know. Just didn't know, you know, if you wanted to try to make Coach Mo proud. We've played Madden against each other before, though. For sure. Um, I mean, I'll play Madden. Madden 21 this year. 
<laughs> gotcha. Because it's included in Game Pass. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, August is a little bit of a um, slimmer month because, like, obviously, Hades is a great game, but I've already played a whole bunch of it on multiple platforms. But, you know, I, I always want to. <laughs> I'm always a fan of supporting developers I like, and I really like Supergiant. So maybe yeah. I will just buy it again because why not? Uh, yeah, <laughs> Keto Bridge of Spirits, obviously a game that we've been talking about a lot on this podcast, but also 12 Minutes um, from oh, yeah, Annapurna coming to that. Game Pass. Uh, looks like another incredible game as well. So, August, you know, again, about three games or so that look interesting, one of which I've already played, though. Um, Second House 2, we'll see. I might play it. Uh, I, it's just not super high on my list. I played a little bit of the original Psychonauts, and obviously it was a long, long time ago. Um, but I, I'm not one of those people who's like, yeah, Psychonauts. So we'll see. Yeah. But all right, Josh, what about September? Well, what do we have here? Um, you know what? I think I'm I'm not interested in Riders Republic, and it seems like more people are getting on that bandwagon. Yeah, I feel like it is had more positive buzz after the pre- Ubisoft presentation than before, but I'm wondering if that's because it was like, I don't know, the only, one of the only things they showed. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I will say the surprise game for me uh, is I think Hot Wheels Unleashed looks really good. I oh, keep really? watching trailers for it, and I think it looks really cool. They keep releasing like level little clips of the levels they're adding. Um. I think that looks really cool. Uh, I'm excited for Diablo 2 Resurrected. The fact that I can play eight-player co-op Diablo is insane mm-hmm. to me. Um, Deathloop, I'm interested to see what the actual gameplay of Deathloop is yeah. still. <laughs> They've kind of shown it. Have they? I'll have to, they, they to have look for bit, it. Yeah. Um, and then uh, WarioWare. I actually, I actually am a WarioWare fan. Uh, I just don't. Like it's fun with friends. I feel like I would feel weird sitting at home by myself playing WarioWare, but that might just be a me problem. It's fun with friends. Yeah. Fish are friends, not food. <laughs> um, yeah. September actually, I think we we have a few games here that I'm definitely interested in. Uh, Life is Strange: True Colors. I enjoy the Life is Strange series, clearly not as much as others um, <laughs> who are part of our of our podcast network, but I really enjoy it. Uh, and this one just looks really interesting to me. It, it definitely seems like they've taken some efforts to improve a lot of the things about the game, just from like movement and controls and graphics. Like it just is a really nice looking game. Uh, and I like the fact too, that it is just all one whole package. It's a complete story that it's still broken down into chapters, but you get everything right away, uh, which I appreciate. So I don't, I want to play it. I don't know if this will be a day one. I think it'll probably be what else I have going on will determine whether or not I pick it up right away, but I will play it at some point. Uh, Tales of Arise. I have dabbled in the mm. Tales of series, and Tales of Arise looks like a really big step forward for the series as far as fidelity, just gameplay. Everything looks like it's really moving forward, so I'm interested in this game. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get it day one, but it is something I'm keeping an eye on and kind of see where it's going to go there. Uh, so yeah, Deathloop, obviously I don't know how I feel about that game yet. I know some people are super, super stoked about it and are really excited to get it. Uh, I'm someone who I don't love Arcane maybe as much as everyone else seems to like Arcane. Um, which I don't say they're bad, just their games aren't necessarily as much for me maybe as they are for other people. So I'm keeping an eye on it. We'll see what happens there. You know, I couldn't help but notice that, you know, even though Xbox like owns Arcane, they didn't bother showing anything about Deathloop at their e3 conference but whatever (laughs) (laughs) so and then i think the other big thing for me would be uh lost judgment i really enjoyed judgment one thing i always run into with all the yakuza games is i have played a little bit of 
most of the Yakuza games, but I never finished any of them. And Judgment was the same way. I played a little bit of Judgment, probably like a little bit being like 30 hours. Uh, but I just never get to a point where I finish it because I get so caught up running around doing all the side stuff. Uh, but I, I'm looking forward to this game. Maybe this will give me the gumption if I have some time between now and then, which I doubt to finish the original Judgment. Uh, but it's still a game that I'm definitely look at least looking forward to and kind of keeping an eye on. Um, as we move forward, the releases get quite a bit more slim as far as what's mm. confirmed right now. So, Josh, what about October? I mean, Far Cry 6, Metroid Dread, Back for Blood, Dark Pictures, House of Ash, <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy, Age of Empires 4, I, almost everything on this list I'm excited for. It's a good month. It's a really good month of uh, what hopefully should be some high-quality games uh, that, you know a little bit of everything i mean there's a lot of different things there and obviously we can still get other games announced for october there's only a handful of games on this list and you know uh, release dates are still uh i I don't know that there's a ton of confidence in most of them still at this point Uh, but i would agree you know far out of this list i think that far cry 6 is probably what i'm most excited about or looking forward to surprisingly i know probably to most people you don't have to say that (laughs) uh but the dark pictures anthology house of ashes i'm looking forward to playing with you again because i think our tradition of playing those together has been really fun yes um and then marvel's guardians of the galaxy i don't know why like the fact that they announced it and like the release date is october i just don't feel super confident it's going to hit that date maybe it is just fine and that's great um but we'll we'll see so that's kind of where i'm at on that one Nice. All right. Moving into November. November's list is very, very short. I have a feeling, though, Josh, there's one huge highlight for you on this list. Is that true? Yeah, just one. Just one. Uh, Which is nice. Hopefully it stays quiet for November so I can play Forza Horizon 5 all month (laughs) without being bothered by other games releasing. (laughs) Yeah, watch, like, they announced the, you know, the other Horizon. (laughs) Comes out, like, within a day of it or something. That would be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, right now, November, again, only a, a handful of games announced for it. But for, Forza Horizon 5 is definitely the, bi- the big hitter there. I've tried the Forza Horizon games because Josh made me um, <laughs> <laughs> or encouraged me to. And they're just not for me, but I, I appreciate everything they're doing there. Right now in November, I mean, Shin Megami Tensei 5 would probably be the one I'm leaning towards of any of those. But there's really nothing confirmed for November right now mm. that's super... Um, exciting for me and then december just two games right now that are confirmed which is advanced force one plus two reboot um and dying light two which i know you have already said that you're not too high on dying light two correct correct so i am interested in dying light two um we'll see if i if i get it though but so that's kind of a list just right now of things that are you know have dates for the fall i think they're we're gonna obviously get more as we get closer there's a lot of good things to look forward to i think even with covid and um, the delays that will likely happen. I, there's still a lot there that's coming that's exciting and a lot that's fun and a lot of things too that are just tentatively announced as fall or holiday, including like Halo and Horizon Forbidden West. Like we could have a ton more games to play even than just what this list is. And while this list is maybe a little bit slim, uh, I still think overall it would give us plenty to play this fall. So I'm not super worried about it. What about you? Same. Um, we got a lot of games on the horizon with date without dates, so I have no worries about having a quiet end of the year. We're just gonna have to uh, wait and let them finish the games. Yeah, absolutely. And like you'll get to play like Scorn. That game's coming out this year, right? <laughs> yeah, just with uh, <laughs> that other game that you wanted to see that we saw a little bit of at uh, what event did we see that game that you didn't talk about it uh, at Ubisoft or Square. The game that you've been like watching for oh, five Babylon's years. Oh, Babylon's Fall? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it's coming out next year now. 
That yeah. game, I mean, it did, the re-reveal of that game was not all it was cracked up to be, but it could still no, be it fixed. <laughs> it could still be fixed. It could still be fixed. Uh-huh. So, yeah. But hey, like we have seafood that might be coming still. Like there's a lot of things that are still potentially coming mm. this year. So, yeah, lots of fun stuff. But cool. All right. That's it for me for this one. To- this topic. Josh, what is your topic? Kind of two slash three. Oh, okay. Well, just, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do my number three. So, I, uh, we have, now this isn't new news, um, but we haven't talked about it on the show. Uh, the fine folks at, over at Catan Studios and partnering with Asmodee announced uh, Catan, Catan, whatever, uh, 3D edition, a new premium version of Catan for release in August. It's getting a high-end makeover, um, which they say, this is from ICV2, the likes of which hasn't seen the release of the 10th anniversary, since the release of the 10th anniversary, uh, Settlers at Catan 3D Special Edition Treasure Chest Set, um, which that was a huge high-end edition that came out in 2005. Um, but as Pete Fenlin, uh, the CEO of Catan Studio, says the game hobby has grown by leaps and bounds since the last time we released a 3D edition more than 15 years ago. There's a whole new generation of players who have been eagerly awaiting this game. Using refined designs and improved technology, we're thrilled to finally be able to share with them, share it with them, which I mean, I would say yes. The way how far 3D printing has come, which I would say was non-existent 15 years ago. Right. Um, this seems like the time for it. It's going to have uh, feature tile sculpts by the game's creator, Klaus Tuber. Each of the terrain tiles will be hand-painted, and player and robber pieces will have an antique finish. It also comes with custom card sorting trays and dice. It's running for $300. And I am here to tell you, that's not too much money for this. Uh, it's a lot of money for a game, but we yes. have certainly seen Kickstarters go way over this price. Yes. Um, I was talking to my wife about this because she saw it pop up and kind of scoffed at the price too. Which I mean, I mean, it's a it's a big number to take in right away. But if this was a game that I still played as regularly as I did when I was playing Catan, this would be a no-brainer purchase for me. Um, and it's still something I kind of want to own as a collector's piece. Right. Um, I remember many, many years ago watching on a Dice Tower, they did a tour of Jason Levine's house. Mm-hmm. And he had two special edition things like put aside and he pulled out this Catan one and they opened it on the thing. And it was like one of the most beautiful things I've seen, which even puts this collector's edition to shame. It was like super duper high quality. Um, but this looks so nice. Um, and I wish I could just, I wish I could just spend $300 on this, but I I can't do that. (laughs) Okay, Josh, you said this looks so nice. Yes, I agree. It does look pretty nice. But does it look $300 nice? Yeah, I think so. You think so? I think so. I don't think it looks $300 nice. (laughs) No. No, I don't. I understand why they're charging that much. I just, (laughs) when I look at it, I don't see $300. Hand painted. I know. And that's probably why. Is because it's hand painted. I mean, that's definitely why. (laughs) Um, Which is cool. Which is definitely, definitely cool. 
I just, mm, I don't know. And I'm looking at like this one zoom in close up shot they have of like the forests. And there's a whole bunch of white on it. I don't know why there's all that white on there. That doesn't make any sense. Why is there white on the forest? There's not. No, that's sheep. That's not forest. That's oh, is that the sheep field? Is that the field? (laughs) That wasn't the forest. It's the one that's all green with trees. Oh, the whole big. Oh, that one's okay. That makes more sense then. Well, here, here's the thing, Josh. I couldn't even tell those were sheep. So what does that tell you? You didn't look close enough. I had no no problem telling they were sheep. To be able to tell they're sheep, that's what it means, Josh. Oh, you're right, because the forest one is a big, big, dense forest. I thought it was like a sparse forest with just a few trees here and there, but no, apparently that's the field. Oh, goodness gracious. I, I think this is cool that they're doing it. I really do. Yeah. I like when they pull out all the stops and give this option for people, right? Like, Because you can still buy the regular Catan, and it's going to play just fine for way less money. But if you have a little bit extra money, if you're one of those people who love this game and you really want to have an awesome pimped out version for yourself, you have this option now, which I think is great. Uh, I just, for me, even though I really enjoy this game, don't know if it's worth $300 when I look at it. Yeah, I'm wondering what the shipping is going to be. I know, right? So, because can that, you actually yeah, you can pre-order, pre-order it now? Yeah. You can? Okay. So, I was yeah, going to go through, but it doesn't tell you the price until the until the checkout is complete, it says, for shipping. Ooh, that's unfortunate then. <laughs> That is unfortunate. Well, dear listener, if you want a $300 version of Catan, you now have an option. So, anything else you want to say about that, Josh? Yeah, if you want to buy this for me, anyone listening, just <laughs> go ahead and do that. <laughs> awesome. And like I said, I would totally play it. I think, I mean, I would, if somebody had it, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. I just don't know if I would choose to invest $300 in this sure. right now. If I had maybe endless money, I would buy it. But, okay. Topic number three, Josh, for me, which I co-opted and took from um, the Discord that we were going to have as a listener question last week, the Winter Gamer asked, okay, so question for the pod. What five games would you pick to have a community tournament? You could choose either in person or virtual. How would you score slash tally points to determine the winner of the tournament? Would you choose games where you have scores and tally, or would you give value in placement? So, Josh. Yes. You know, this was a question that was asked last week, and we said, you know, this is big enough. We can make it just, you know, a topic for the show. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the Witcher Gamers question? Gaming tournament. Have you, first, have you ever done a, a gaming tournament of this where you have multiple games that people are competing in? No. I mean, I've, I've seen, well, okay. I've seen board game tournaments. Mm-hmm. And uh, f- oh, what day is it for fireworks? Sunday, Father's Day fireworks. Apparently, um, yes. The oh, I think it's the Omegathon that Pax does. That is a tournament of games mm-hmm. um, where they play four or five games. I feel like I should mute myself while this is happening no, you're and fine. then you're just fine. You know, keep talking. Um, so yeah, so I haven't seen a tournament with multiple multiple games. Um, or participated in one, per se. I have neither, though I I've always wanted to. <laughs> I've always wanted to do a gaming tournament of some sort. And I, in fact, the partner and I had discussed um, potentially some weekend or something. This was actually something we were going to do last year. And then obviously COVID happened of just renting like a B&B or a small or, or a campsite or something like that and just inviting a whole bunch of friends for like a weekend of board games and having like it be like a tournament style 
where you know you don't have to participate in every game but you know we'll have x number of games that happen over the weekend and you know and there'll be prizes for you know whatever so we've talked about doing something like this we've just never done it and maybe that's something we'll do in the future seems like it'd be fun um but when thinking about this josh a how do you think it's we kind of talked about this before the show started but i think it'd be really hard to do like a point total uh or a total points value to to determine the the winners or the losers because you know some games have hundreds of points and other games have very very few points so it seems like it might potentially skew towards those games with a large value that if you're better at those you'd be able to be um, more likely to win whereas if you were like oh position like top three get a certain amount of points seems like that'd be the more equitable way to do it right i don't know (laughs) okay i think when I think about that, I think I would want to stick it to more games of chance than skill. Okay. For a tournament style. Um, but I can see, obviously, I can see it going either way, right? Because a lot of game tournaments out there are based on skill. Um, but I guess when I was reading this, I was kind of reading it as if I was doing it for friends. And I think not, they don't all have to be games of chance but i think having gives a chance kind of um gives the 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 lower seat a chance to right. be competitive because if you're just maybe not a very i don't know strategic board gamer we'll say is the word i'll use <laughs> uh it might not be very fun for you to be participating in a tournament uh mm-hmm. with um uh games that require a lot of skill i guess i would say gotcha so did you were you able to have you come up with like five games that you would want to have for a game tournament if you were going to have a game tournament? I have like a general idea. Like I think I would include um a ticket to ride or a variant of ticket to ride if you want to do something not so typical. Yeah. Um I still think Settlers of Catan would be a great game. That could be like a a, a t- mid-tier game. Um I think I was thinking um, a game that includes a trader element, but might be really fun for a tournament game. Yeah. So something like Dead of Winter uh, could be fun in that context. And I thought something light, um, like okay. So this is what I was thinking. You start the game. You start the tournament off team based. So you do like code names or something. Ooh. Okay. Which will then, like, which then gets everyone to participate in the first round of games, and then you would take the winning team and then that's where you start splitting them up and maybe you do like dead of winter next so only one person goes so if it's either if it's the first person to get um voted out or the first person to uh vote the wrong person out is eliminated uh, and you can move forward like that but um i just think i had a tough time really wrapping my head around um a good way to do this but i think if i really um, because we did this and you were talking about doing a board game tournament. I think back to when I was um putting together blind beer taste testing at, at my house. We did a couple events here where I actually made trophies for people and we had a whole board up of people's ratings and stuff. So I have like some general ideas of how to organize these things, but I think this is something like I would want like if me and you were doing this, I would want to sit down in a room with you with pa- paper mm-hmm. and write down what we think could work. Right. Um, because I think there's so many board games you could use. Um, 
that it would be hard to do that. But at least in my idea for a community tournament, because I would want all the games to be accessible to pretty much adept like board game players. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that even if you have, you're more than likely you're going to have a wide variety of gamers there. So trying to pick maybe a little, I don't want to say easier, but a little more straightforward games um, would probably be helpful uh, and might be able to um, ensure that everyone who's there can participate and have fun um, and play some role. Because if you just go with really hard games, uh, it's going to be a bit more challenging to um, make it so everyone feels like that they can participate and they have a chance to win and yeah. you know and they can play that role. So um, I came up with five games, Josh, and I put them actually in order for how I would do them. Um, number one, to kick things off, I would have them play Ticket to Ride mm-hmm. because like, I think it's a really ga- a game that most people know. It's a good game to kind of get things going with. And it's a game where there is an objective, but it's totally up to you, right? Like you pick the cards that you want, the routes that you want to try to complete. Like it really is on you to put as much pressure on yourself as you want to in that situation. So it's not really dr- like the pressure from the game itself. And it's going to give you a good bearing probably on where everyone was at, what everyone is thinking about the game, kind of all of that good stuff is going to be kind of well balanced out. Um, after that, then we're going to switch things up because you're going to, and then in mine, you'd get points for like first place. We get like five points. Second place would get three, third would get one, something mm. kind of like that, depending on how many players might go, the depth chart might go lower. After that, then we're going to ch- kind of switch things up a little bit and go to a game where maybe there's going to be a little bit of take that. Maybe there's going to be a little bit of ability for you to focus on some people, um, maybe who are in the lead to try to like, you know, <laughs> balance things out. Um, so we're going to do Colt Express as the number oh. two game, um, you know, changing up completely, going to a dexterity, not a dexterity game, because this isn't that, uh, but like moving around um, the train cars, you know, there's going to be a little bit more luck involved, but also you can definitely decide if you want to focus on people um, or not focus on people. So then once we have, kind of a baseline of two games taken care of um and ideally more than likely like some things have balanced out we're going to go to where we really don't trust each other anymore so we're going to play sheriff of nottingham nice i was thinking that would be good for this (laughs) so like we have like okay we kind of you know got ganged up on people before we kind of tried to balance things out so now we're going to go to a thing of like is this person lying to me or not um kind of how is this going and then at that point um i think we are gonna go to a place where I consider making this the last game, but I think that would be too hard to like potentially take someone out. So fourth game is going to be Catan because mm-hmm. again, we know where we're all at. You could choose to not negotiate with someone if you wanted to, like, or as a group you could choose. So I didn't want to make that the last game, but then to finish things off, we are going to go to a game where there is some interaction. Um, but for the most part, it's really going to come down to your skill at the game for the most part. Um, and we're going to end with dominion. Oh, okay. That's an interesting so that way. way we it. have a wide variety of types of games. Yeah. Um, we have some games where there is some luck, some game where there isn't some luck, some games where you can, as a group in the tournament, potentially try to balance things as a group, um, you know, to be the blue shell, if you would, to, to equal things out yeah. a little bit. <laughs> uh, but then at the end, it really is, while there is some interaction, for the most part, it's going to come down to how good are you at a deck builder to kind of solidify your final place there. Yeah. So those are my five games. That, that would be my sequencing. I That's think. a good I think pick. It, I think it would work okay. So Yeah. Nice. Good Any job. other thoughts on this topic, Josh? It makes me want to do one of these. I know, right? It seems so fun. <laughs> I think doing it virtually would be hard. Um, I oh, think yeah. it's doable virtual, but I think finding five games that would work that way effectively would be really challenging. Um, and I think obviously doing it in person is a little bit tough because if you have 
like 10 people then suddenly you need like two copies of every game you know like mm-hmm. and then how do you divvy up who's with who you know and like and kind of balancing all that stuff but i think in person obviously would be my preference uh for a situation like this so cool anything else about uh, the winter gamers question josh hey great question the winter gamer if that's your real name it's probably not his real name. <laughs> so awesome. All right. With that, then we're kind of getting close to the end of the show here. So we are going to give an update on our homework. Every two weeks, Josh and I assign one another one another some homework to get done. Um, last week or last or two weeks ago, I assigned Josh to play Ratchet and Clank. We know he's already beat it. So he gets an A for that. But then last week, he after he talked about it, uh, I gave him some extra credit homework of getting the Platinum Trophy. Josh, how did your extra credit go? Uh... <laughs> I'm going to take that to mean you did not complete your extra credit, but that's okay. You I already didn't. have an eight. I tried. Um, I did it. I actually, um, I don't, I'm hoping something can fix this, but I ran into a glitch in the game where I can't get past a, a part in a level. I'm stuck. There's something missing that's supposed to be there. Do you know the level with the um, the gravity crystals, rift, rift breakers? Well, one of them doesn't show up where it's supposed to be so once i travel to the part of the map that uh i need to activate it's Uh just not there it shows it on the map but it's not there in the game it was there when i played through the first time oh that's super interesting but now it's not there so i'm going to try booting it back up and at some point and seeing if it's still there but um Mm -hmm. i I knocked out a bunch more trophies um i just didn't get i didn't get all the way hey i appreciate the effort though that's great um, so my assignment was I needed to play a random game on Game Pass PC, uh, and I did do this. Uh, I will say when I picked, like, there's that little random, you know, pick a random game button. I think, like, the first five or six that had come up I had played. Yeah, that <laughs> so same thing like happened the, to me. <laughs> it was, like, the seventh game that came up, uh, and the game I ended up playing, and I played it for about 90 minutes, was River City Girls. Oh, nice. Yeah, and overall, I enjoy it. I think the hard part about it is that... Um, you know, I was using a PlayStation controller, and all the button props are Xbox props, <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's a little challenging. Um, and it wouldn't be such a big deal other than X uh, being in you know two drastically different places and meaning two drastically different things. Um, all the other buttons were fine; I had no problems with like um, A, B, and Y, and I could hit like <laughs> X appropriately on the PlayStation for A. But like for whatever reason, I just woof woof You should have just played with a keyboard. I probably should have, but I did. <laughs> Uh, but overall, I really enjoy that game. It is fun. I know it was pretty positively reviewed and people enjoyed it. I'm not a huge brawler fan. Like, I think they're fun, but I, I they're not games that, like, draw me back regularly. Uh, and I also am someone who does think that brawlers in general, mostly because my experience with them is in arcades and, you know, being a kid and playing them that way, um, I think having a joystick makes them better. Yeah. You know, but actual, like, an actual you know, like joystick, not a thumbstick. Um, I, I just think that they play best that way especially for like double tapping to run and all those things just seem to go really much easier when you have an actual joystick to me. Um, so overall fun game. I will probably continue to play it here and there. Um, but yeah, you know, a game, obviously I probably wouldn't have picked up if it was not on game Pass. So mm. I was able to jump in there and play that for a while. And it was good. So beat the first boss. So felt pretty good about myself. Nice. Awesome. Good job. A plus. So Josh, what is your assignment for me two weeks from now? I think you read it when I was typing it and it distracted you earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we talked about this together last week or or earlier this week because we recorded it later. Um, And it came up in our 
game section, I think what we need to do is put some more time into It Takes Two. So your assignment is you need to play It Takes Two with me. At okay. least one night, if not more, depends on our schedules. But we should at least try to get one more session. I agree. That game is really fun, and I I am happy to do that. Uh, Josh, do you want your assignment to be a board game assignment or a video game assignment? Mm, you pick. I don't want to pick. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. <laughs> this so, is your job. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I'm just trying to be nice and trying to be helpful. But apparently, <laughs> you don't want me to be nice and helpful. Just want to make, just want me to make you do things. Just don't ask you know me what? to design a 21-card role-playing game off the top of my head again. <laughs> I gave you two weeks to do I it. I know you did. <laughs> You know what, Josh? Since you made fun of it, oh, <laughs> did I? What did I you make did. fun of? Uh, your job is to play at least sixty minutes of Farm Together. Oh boy! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that is your assignment. Uh, you need to play at least sixty minutes of Farm Together. Um, my farm is uh, level ten, I think, right now. It's pretty great. So I don't. I don't care. <laughs> Wow. Okay. So with that, we're going to move Just on to our recommendations for a well-rounded life. <laughs> Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other recommendation, suggestion, or thing we are currently into that is helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? I'm actually going to Google Farm Together. I have no idea what this game is. <laughs> it's exactly what it sounds like. I I assume that, but I should. To be fair. I should look at what it looks like. So my recommend, oh boy. Uh, okay, that's all I need to see. Um, my recommendation for well-rounded life: uh, something that caught me by surprise. I watched it with my son this morning. Uh, this far part of the start of a Father's Day by making him do whatever I wanted. Uh, we watched Luca on Disney Plus. I had no idea what this was, and I'm kind of glad I went in not knowing really what it was. I, in fact, while watching it, it made me sad that this didn't come out in theaters. It made me feel bad for the studio who made it and the people who made it. Um, the people who made it, uh, being Pixar, were also very sad that it is not going out. In yeah, theaters. that was like a big <laughs> deal to them. So, it, in a, it, it seems I the impression that I got that was this came from a very talented Italian studio that may not have done much before this, perhaps. So, like they made it feels like they missed out in their big break. Uh, it's can still get nominated for awards and stuff, but um, yeah, I don't know what I want to say without spoiling it. Uh, I mean, if you saw a trailer, it probably spoils some things, but I'll just say it is a very charming and uh, uh, very charming and in fun story um, with with a couple of twists and turns, but not too many. Um, takes place in Italy. And uh, it's about a boy. That's all I'll say. I don't want to spoil it. I would say give it a shot. It's worth it. Um, it's great. And it's good for kids. Like my my four-year-old watched it, no problems. Nothing scary. Um, and, the not you know, it's Pixar, so the content wasn't too heavy. But there was a scene in the movie that something happened and my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe what happened. Uh, one of those Pixar emotional moments happens. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, but no, it was very I, good. Yeah, I definitely want to watch it. Uh, did you see by chance? Did you see Brave in theaters? Uh, I don't. 
I don't remember. I have okay. no I've seen Brave. I don't remember if I saw it in theaters or not. Yeah, because the, this director, this is his uh, feature length debut, but he's the one who he directed La Luna, which was the oh, Pixar yes. short that was on before Brave. Yep. And I think it's on, I'm sure it's on their short film collection too, or one of the short film collections that I think he actually won an Academy Award for. Yeah, I think that won an Academy Award. Yeah. So it's, this is his uh, feature debut. But yeah, they were, uh, there is a lot of um, information out there that the folks at Pixar were pretty upset that this just went straight to Disney Plus, not even as a premium, like just, just a just yeah. a movie you can watch on Disney Plus. They were pretty uh, disappointed about that. So. So make sure you show them support and watch it because I've heard excellent things and is on my on my short list to watch. So um, awesome. Well, my recommendation is something Josh, I think, recommended quite some time ago uh, because uh, season two of it is now out. And I have just started watching season one. Uh, and that is Lego Masters. And I will say I am someone who, when I was a kid, liked Legos a lot, but I really not interacted with Legos in any way, shape or form in many, many years, mostly because I find them to be extremely expensive. Um, and I really didn't know if I wanted to watch this show, but Josh had mentioned it. And then my partner was like, Hey, I started watching this thing. It might be just like a nice thing for us to watch, like while we're eating dinner and stuff. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And darn it, Josh, I really like this show. It's, <laughs> it's really good. good. It's really, really good. Uh, I don't know why I was so hesitant or what my worry was, but it is very charming. Uh, the people who are on it, like the contestants are, um, some of them like melt my heart. Uh, it is just a really interesting and cool show. And what people are able to do with Legos is pretty impressive. And I'm really surprised at the length of the challenges because I really expected yeah. they're like, oh, we're going to do this Lego challenge. So like build this thing in three hours. And then like the first one is like, all right, you have 15 hours. Yeah. And you're like, what? What are they <laughs> yeah. going to do for 15 hours? Well, they're going to build some sweet Lego things. So yes. they're going to do with 15 hours. So, uh, but definitely check it out. It is on Hulu. Um, I think it's on Fox, like weeknights. Normally like it's on night. Fox. Yeah. Yeah, Tuesday nights, but if you want to catch up, it is all on Hulu. I think they are, what, three or four episodes into season two right now? Yeah, season, we're going to finish, I think, episode three tonight on season two. So I think season four, uh, episode four will be this week. Gotcha. So there, Lego Masters, check it out if you haven't. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Oh, why, why don't we? Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board with Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash board with Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form, or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardwithfiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji, so please use that hashtag as well on all your social medias and whatever platform. For, whoa, whoa, where did I just go? Space. <laughs> Whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or the Board with Video Games podcast feed. Uh, in lieu of, I mean, why, why keep plugging where you can find me? Uh, we have a guest coming on next week, which we're excited to have. So stay tuned for a tease and some details about who, who it will be. Um, and we'll leave uh, some time for you to get some questions in if you would like. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all of the usual tw- places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at PsychoCross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics or guests, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.